to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Um, congratulations if you've listened to our entire draft series. You have reached the conclusion of our Spotlight Position Breakdown podcast. You have reached the Cornerbacks slash Safeties podcast. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed all the other breakdowns we've done. If this is your first one tuning in, feel free to tune back to the other position groups that we've done. Um, but tonight we are concluding with the defensive backs, the corners and the safeties in this class. Obviously, an area of need as well for the Seahawks. As always, we always like to take a good corner and a safety. Um, so I'm sure there's plenty of names in here that have a good shout of being a Seahawk in the very near future that we're going to be talking about tonight. I know we've all got certain my guys in this room. Um, I'm very keen to talk about a certain prospect. Um, but as always, I can't do it without these lads. So positive Pez as you sip your tango. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Good. Good. That's all I've got for you. That's all you've got for it. Well, I'll prelude this, listeners, because Pez has already, you know, thrown a comp away on a player he likes that the comparison is pretty whoa, low shit. Absolute bullshit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to try to <laughs> throw me under the bus at the start of the podcast? I never said I liked him. I said, I think everyone should watch out in the late rounds, undrafted guys, this guy's going to pop up. Don't start with me right now. Do not start with me right now. I won't, I'm full of but, pizza and he'll leave me for a nice. Give me a fucking break. That's the quarter of the night. Josh, how are you, mate? I'm brilliant. I've, 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 my night's just been made up. I've just had a hip flash from my wedding. I've still got rum in it, so that'll get me through the pod. Oh. Uh, mainly, mainly it'll get me through Pez trying to pronounce names. Uh, anyone that's listened to the previous pods will know that's been a thing. <laughs> but I'm also looking forward to what Mitch has to say because we're going to be leaning on him heavily for this. And we've got a few names that we want to chuck at him. Well, Mitch, how are you, mate? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. I'm ready for that challenge. Um, Really looking forward to the draft. If if anything, over the last couple of days, we've seen a lot of rumours come out about who's going at the top. And I feel like every every rumour that comes out at the top of the draft at the moment is um, really reshaping the picture of what our draft looks like, because it all starts with who we pick at five. So um, 
yeah, I think I think uh, I'm ready to look an idiot when all of my predictions and everything I say on the pod is, uh, you know, screwed up and thrown out. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, very excited uh, for this week. Yeah. Well, we all run the risk of looking like fools when it comes to the draft, so you're not the only one, mate. Um, we're certainly no no genies ourselves, um, as you'll find out tonight, listeners. Um, because we're going to start with my guy. Um, I've been gagging and desperate to talk about this guy ever since we've started. So don't don't give me that look, Pez, you dirty bastard. <laughs> I've been dying to talk about this guy since we since we came on tonight. Since we've been doing these prospect breakdowns, I couldn't wait for the cornerbacks because I have to talk about Kelly Ringo, the cornerback out of Georgia. I cannot, for the life of me, understand why this guy is getting so underhyped, why he's falling down draft boards, and it actually annoys me. I'm actually really annoyed, so I'm going to try and tone my anger levels down when I'm talking about Keely Ringo, because it's going to sound like I hate him when I don't. I absolutely love him. Um, I just don't like what's happening to him. Keely Ringo is 20 years old, right? He's played two years of college football at Georgia. He's not a force, you know, he's not coming into this draft as a four-year player like a Devon Witherspoon or someone else. He's played two years of college football. And all you hear when you hear about Kelly Ringo, he's raw. He's 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 got so much to improve. There's weaknesses. He's raw. Of course he's going to be raw. He's played, he's 20 years old. He's played two full college seasons. And he's already as good as he is. I look at the, the, the raw debate for me always winds me up because it makes no sense to me. He's 20 years old. He was playing in 2020 as an 18, 17, 18 year old for Georgia. Of course, he's going to be raw. Of course, he's going to be, make mistakes. But look at the positives. The guy is 210 pounds, six foot two, six foot three. He looks like a safety, yet he runs a legit 4-3, a legit 4-3, by the way. Um, there is no athlete at the cornerback position in this class, in my opinion, like Keely Ringo. And just and, and people, when you watch him, and, and well, not when you watch him, when you watch people talk about him, um, often a lot of people who haven't actually really watched him will just, and, and, and it seems like people just sort of take the bait and go, oh, Keely Ringo, yeah, he makes mistakes, he can't cover, he just relies on his speed, everything like this. Well, I'll, I'll, let me put some numbers to you because the guy can cover. It's such a lazy argument to Keely Ringo. Keely Ringo can absolutely cover. Um, in 2020, um, after he redshirted his first year, Keely Ringo, um, due to a, a torn labrum. So in 2021, he played 797 snaps at cornerback for Georgia, 31 tackles, seven assists, eight stops in coverage, four pass breakups, two interceptions, and an impressive quarterback rating of 63.2. Now, in 2022, that quarterback rating, when targeted, went up to 69.8, but that's still very good. But for just a bit of context, right, Devin Witherspoon, everyone, pretty much everyone's cornerback one so far in this class. Um, in 2021, Junior uh, Witherspoon, he played in 10 games, 740 snaps, so practically the same amount of snaps as Ringo. His quarterback rating, when targeted, was 86.9, right? That's Devin Witherspoon. In 2021, for Christian Gonzalez, because it was better slightly in 2022, but in 2021, Christian Gonzalez, a lot of people's top cornerback as well, cornerback one, cornerback two, between him and Witherspoon, he played 811 snaps for Oregon. His quarterback rating when targeted was 90. It was 74.7 in 2022. 
And how about Joey Porter Jr. as well? Um, what about a quarterback rating when targeted for Joey Porter Jr. of 84.7 in 2021 and 63.6 in 2022? So to this this illusion that Keely Ringo can't cover when the quarterbacks throw his way, he gets beat all the time, he can't absolute rubbish bullshit Keely Ringo can cover his ass off yes he makes mistakes and I'll say it again he's 20 years old he's only played two years of college football like exactly what we're saying with Anthony Richardson for Florida the quarterback how you can forgive him because he's raw everyone's prepared to give Anthony Richardson time yet when it comes to Keely Ringo people just want to crucify him and say he's crap now and he's never going to be good and he's too raw let him go to a system like the, like the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, if he goes to Detroit, where they couldn't buy a cornerback and couldn't coach up a cornerback for, for the sake of their franchise, if their franchise was on the line, there's no other team in the NFL that drafts and coaches up developmental cornerbacks better than the Seattle Seahawks. And to put the cherry on the top, he's a Tacoma native right here from Seattle. It makes too much sense. If John Schneider does not put a Seahawks cap on that man this weekend, we will forever regret it. Because I'm telling you, Keely Ringo comes to the Seahawks. You you have a Pro Bowl All-Pro cornerback in the making. I'm just putting it out there. Now, forget your Devin Witherspoons. Forget your Christian Gonzalez. If this guy reaches his potential, which if he comes to the Seahawks, it's the best place for him to reach that potential. He's got the best chance of reaching it if he comes to the Seahawks. Um I think there's every chance he's the best cornerback in this class and people are going to be too scared to take him because they're just buying into this raw, can't cover mistakes. Just whichever team tip, whether it's the Seahawks or not, I applaud you because you're going to, you're going to get a hell of a prospect. I'm, and I'm just sick of the hate. I'm sick of the misinformed hate Kitty Ringo's getting. So if anyone would like to disagree with me and put forward counter arguments, I will listen to them and then I'll politely disagree with you. Before anyone tries, but I, could, I feel like Mitch has a... Has, just wants to be antagonist before anyone tries to go against him. Just remember what he said. For all our listeners who listened back to last year's draft, he called Tariq Mullen before Tariq Mullen was even a thing. So everyone just, the man knows cornerback. That's all I'm going to say. I've got you back, Gates. Got you back. I, I, I'm, so the the stats that you've ringed off, you've rung off for, uh, Kelly Ringo, they're all well and yeah. good, but you've got to realise as well he's playing on the Georgia defence that is the best in college football. Doesn't matter. Which means that he's also going against quarterbacks that are throwing under a lot of pressure at him as well. So I, it, they they can be skewed. I'm not saying they are because I, I do not want to incur your wrath. He's playing because... against the best quarterbacks. He's playing against Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud. By the way, sacked Will Levis and picked off Will Levis. Pick six Bryce Young in a national championship to well, win you, the you, game. You mean, you mean number one pick Will Levis? I mean number one pick Will Levis. He's picked <laughs> off CJ Stroud, I'm pretty sure. So he's beat and played well against all these top cornerbacks in this class. So I, I will let you have your draft training as well. You have your draft crush sure because is. I'm sure our listeners and the members of our Discord will be happy to chime in on this, as will our man Mitch. Yeah, I I, I think you really want me to kind of counter-argument this just, just for the sake of content. But in, in reality, nope. um, I really think he's a guy we take. If he's there, if he's there at 20, I'm not sure we reach with a 20th pick. Um, but I do think that there's a really good chance we trade back from 20. 
um, to a late first round. And then at, at that point, I think he's too tempting to to pass up. Um, and also at our 37th, if he's still there at 37, you run to the podium. Oh. So I do, I do think it's likely he's the guy we take if he's available. The question is, how far does he drop? And I think with um, Devontae Banks as well, climbing up the boards recently, um, he's, he's fallen out. He's, he's not flavour of the month. He, he was at one point, I think he peaked, at, he was projected to be a fifth overall at one point. And he's, his physical tools kind of lifted him to the top. And other players that got maybe a few more interceptions proved to be slightly better ball hawks and other skills which are more fashionable uh, at the moment that they've kind of edged him out and I think that will drop him right into our laps so I think other people's ignorance and naivety with uh, Ringo will potentially be to our, our game um, I think as well doesn't, few... he, doesn't he fall just underneath the the, the sort of the standardised requirements that Seahawks look at for for cornerbacks like his arm length and whatnot, because he's only 31 and a quarter arms. I'm yeah, pretty sure we look at 32 and a half over. It's, it's a bit broken that system now, isn't it? We're oh, taking yeah, like Trey Brown and like adding a look at what DJ has, Reed did. But he's you watch exactly. You watch you watch his tape and stuff like that, and you can see you could see him being a Seahawk. Like yeah, you could see him being a Seahawk. He's he came out in an interview like. Early, early, early on in the year, and he he even mentioned that he'd love to come to Seattle to work with Pete Carroll. Yeah, he, the like, thing is, Pete, Pete Carroll likes likes to have that lump of lump of clay at cornerback to mould, doesn't he? He backs himself to be able to to get an extra bit out of cornerbacks, and he's got a lot of that sort of raw stuff. Pete, Pete will like his story as well with his mum. Yeah, and she had a battle through cancer, and but she still mm. made every single game and. She like ill love hearing like I, I don't know it's like kind of like not something to just do you want another, about, but, do you want another but, little cherry on the top Pez as you're talking about those kind of things um do you know who's been working with him and been hyping him up Richard Sherman Richard Sherman do you know who he worked with last year and hyped up Tariq Woolen Tariq Woolen yeah who's he compared to Kelly Ringo to Patrick Peterson so. And, and and to be fair, I didn't know this. The Seahawks I did actually have Ringo in the actual building at the VMAC um, on April 13th as well. Um, so oh, he came for so, a top 30 visit, didn't he? Yeah, he came for a top 30 yeah, visit. Yeah, yeah, because it was on his story. It was on his story. He put a picture. Has he been stalking in... prospects again on Instagram? Well, I watched the story on him. Uh, after James spoke highly of him towards the start of um, the year, Said, watch this guy. I think he, he he's gonna be the cornerback everyone's uh, gonna want. And I watched the video and then I looked into him and then I saw the story about his mum and like he's a for a late first, early second round prospect, he's very, very humble. So like Mitch said, even though you're taking that high, he's very moldable still. Yeah. Like I think that's the big thing. I think it, it, the, the term raw, you used it a lot of times, but it is kind of a, it's a kind of a key thing with Kelly Ringo. His, his production has been good despite him being very raw. His production mm. has been good and he's been effective and he's been a star man for that star defense despite him being raw. So that to me just shouts high ceiling. And, yeah. and, and that, that's where I am with him. Elite, elite athletic skills, which make up for the shorter arms, which is an anomaly, really, when you think about a guy. If I say six foot two corner, 207 pounds, you're thinking, 
that's that's a big rangey guy, but actually has kind of shorter arms considering, which is odd. But his athleticism makes up for it. He's a physical freak. He's a great scheme fit. Right, T Rex. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna move it on, and I'm like, I feel like we've got Mick on as our draft expert of knowledge, and we're not tested him enough. So me and Josh are gonna test you. So okay. I've got, I've got a second round prospect who. When I read about him and smaller guy, when I read about him and see some of his tape and stuff, really like him. Don't know whether I'll give it away here. I don't know whether it's just because I've got a weird little like liking towards Michigan. I like the dark blue. But you're gonna say Emmanuel Forbes, right? No. DJ Turner. Yes. Oh, this is, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so, I like it. So I'll give you three. Talk to me about all three. And whether they could be a Seahawk. DJ Turner, then that Kai Blue Kelly. Kai Blue Kelly, right? Right? Yeah. You love him. And my, my weird obsession, like the obsession, but my weird thing with him came because when I did my first ever mock and I just saw his name, I thought that's a fucking cool name. But then I, I read into him and I was like, he actually sounds like a Pete Carroll guy. He sounds like a caller that Pete Carroll would want to get his hands on. And then I was like, oh. I might, I might just have, like, imagine a bit of foresight in. But anyway, and then another guy who, he's a senior ball guy, and at the senior ball, he was spoke on very highly. And I, I don't know what happened to him or cared to chase it up myself, so I'm going to be lazy and see if you know Mitch. And that's Riley Moss. Riley Moss. He's on my list. Yes. Yeah, I'll take yeah. I love his list, I think. Um, I mean, we could talk a little bit about Kyle Blue Kelly, if you like. Uh, first, if that's okay. If, um, I'm going to put it to you. Compare the three and and... Not compare as much, just just a basic breakdown of what they, I don't want to know the negatives because they're all, by the sound of it, they're, like, especially the two later ones, they're going to be quite moldable, kind of like we said, pieces of clay. So it's more what do they excel at and why would we get excited if we pick them? Okay, I mean, DJ Turner, um, I don't think will be a Seahawk, but I'd, I'd compare him to someone like DJ, was it DJ Reed we had from um, yeah. the 49ers. He never looked like a Seahawks cornerback, but actually had that competitiveness and an edge about him that got him by and he made some big plays and very physical and um, reminds me a little bit of him. I had looked at him, but I just don't think that's Pete Carroll's bag. So I don't think... I don't think him. Kai, Kai Blue Kelly's a really interesting one. He's a guy that was mocked to us long before we got close to the draft. He, everyone just looked at him and went, that's a Pete Carroll guy. Um, and and looked like, corner. Yeah, he looked, he looked like a guy that... that Local guy. Uh, I mean, I think he's six, six Senior foot, ball. Slightly shorter arms than we'd normally go for, I think about 32 or 33. 33. Someone will have to check that and tell Arms me. 32. 32. Okay, yeah. So a little bit shorter than we'd expect. And I think his 40 was disappointing, if I remember. I think he didn't test particularly well. I think he had a good yeah. vertical, but a bad but a bad 40. His 40 was 4.52, four, but then his 10 yard was 1.49. One, was yeah, one, okay. So he did well in drills, but didn't, didn't in like yeah. a, a straight line. Yeah, so, I mean, that... Straight, yeah, he 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 fell off a little bit in mocks because because of his performance at the combine. I think I think if he'd have shown out in the combine, he'd be a, a lock for the kind of guy we draft in a third round sort of situation. Um, and your third one was Riley Moss. Moss. 
Riley Moss, Love yeah. Um, I think he's still projected to be like a third or fourth, right? Mm, or maybe lower, to, actually, now. According to draft buzz, what I've just think is he's projected fifth round. Fourth or, fourth or fifth now. He's dropped again. Thirty-two positional rankings. But from my memory, I think he had shorter arms for a taller guy. I think he was uh, six foot two, but like thirty-ish, thirty-one. Uh, Thirty-inch arms. Thirty-inch arms. And how tall was he? Six-one. Um, six-one. Six okay, yeah. So he's a, he's six foot plus, but short arms. I think he was a he was a physical sort of um, looking talent, but didn't show up too well again in the combine. Is that right? I don't know what you. He had an okay forty, a four, a four, four, five. 68 percentile, yeah. but then his 10 yard was 148. What was this? 93 percentile. Three yeah. com was 95 percent. Vertical and broad were pretty much around the same at 85 and 81. So he tested, he, he didn't test too bad to be quite honest. But is there a reason? So with him, I brought him up because I remember when senior ball happened, I was listening to my podcast and everyone was saying he was the main corner going to the senior ball what everyone wanted to watch but then they said he yeah. didn't do that well at the senior ball and then he and then uh Cardley kelly was the one who was named was highlighted the most from what i heard for how well he would do like how well he was doing with the senior ball and then riley moss was like it's a name i heard of at the very start and then he's just like a non-entity now is someone going to get a steal if they get riley moss is someone going to get an absolute steal is what i'm kind of yeah, I, how, this is what I'll say, right? From from my knowledge of what Pete Carroll does with his cornerbacks when he looks for them and when he when he selects them and when he trains them up, he he he'll have a list of players that meet his his measurements and and sort of characteristics. He'll have a list of players that are long armed, six foot, six foot two, something like that. He'll have a list of those players and then he'll watch to see how those traits that they have translate when they do the combine and when you look at Tariq Woolen he was freakishly tall and, and quick and he would have been on a short list for Pete Carroll and then he saw him at the combine and he blew it up that's boxes ticked for Pete Carroll when you look at these guys they all have their own their own uh, strengths some of them have Pete, Car- Pete Carroll type characteristics but then didn't blow up the combine so I think I think when it comes to Pete Carroll looking at what he can pick up third or fourth round as a steal that he can mould from a third round prospect into like a, a high, like a second round prospect just through his coaching. He needs to see the traits and he needs to see that show up in the combine as well as on tape. So these guys don't tick all those boxes. And for that reason, I don't think any of these guys would be Seahawks picks. I see where you're coming from there, but I'm, I'm, I'm like just looking through Riley Moss's strengths, like I like I said, I use NFL draft buzz for everything because I don't like to over mix my um, resources where I get to stuff. Mm. He's got, right, so I'll just quickly, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's got nine bullet points, like ranging from good size, fluid mover, capable mirroring quickness underneath, physical line of scrimmage. Um, he has a strong core and hips on the boundary. Leave, uh, to latch onto receivers in the Scotland to the sideline. He's Bruce Feldman's free place. His core and lower body strength to score receivers to the sideline when working deep. They're repeating himself twice a year. Tremendous instincts with eyes in the backfield. His fluid speed, quick feet to come down and defend slot receivers in man coverage. And then you go to his weaknesses. So we spoke about this on a previous pod about draft buzz. They kind of use positives 
it's like they contradict themselves, don't they? They like have a positive, yeah. what's a negative as well. How many can you guess how many for being a fifth round projection without looking any if you've looked, don't say how many weaknesses do you reckon he has according to their report for being a fifth round guy? Just, just a quick guess. Um I'd say they'd have at least at, at least three or four bullet points. They usually have um, at least four. How many? Two. Needs to develop a better understanding of route combinations and better overall vision. Easily coachable. Tends to play conservatively and gives too much cushion when playing off. That pretty that, much sounds that, like suit me up. all these coaches. I was going to say that, that'll suit us right to the ground, won't it? Yeah, wind me up. I've seen too much of that. Giving up chunk He's plays so- four or five yards when we didn't need to every time. So we spoke about this on a previous pod. Uh, was it the linebackers about being able to, like, having weaknesses that are coachable and physical weaknesses? Giving sure. up too much of a cushion is a lack of confidence in your ability, though. Yeah, I know, but that's that's coachable. I don't think it's coachable. I think that's experience. I think you need to you need to get out on the field and make some plays and get that kind of um, that energy about you and that, that confidence to be a competitor. I don't think Pete Carroll would like someone not believing in themselves and not backing themselves to to go toe to toe with a. He wants to see people compete, and it, I. But the, that's but quite a that, big one. I, I turn around and then argue against it with with their with their report on saying that. In jamming up receivers and like physical on the line of scrimmage. So if you if you've got not a lot of confidence in your abilities, then you can't really be good on the boundary to escort receivers to the sideline. Be to have de- decent knowledge of the uh, backfield. And what was the other one? Um, being physical on the line of scrimmage, showing unexpected yeah. power. It's like it's a contradiction. It's a, again the contradiction. So really, you can rule out that by what they're saying his strengths are. So really, the way I look at it is, his one weakness is needs to develop better understanding of route combinations. What is a massively easy coachable thing, surely? Yeah, maybe. Um, and then just a quick one before I leave this alone. Josh has got to love Kai Kyber and Kelly because the first strength is good strength to tackle. Whenever I hear that, your boy loves to tackle. First, first bullet point is anything positive to do with tackling. Josh has probably got them in his big balls, like taking five. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just to sum, just to summarise that, I think Kyle Blue Kelly is the only one on there that I think is a good is a good shout. But I, I... interesting, Josh. Um... Out of these... to him off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I, I had him as my sleeper, so you've, you've, you've killed that bird with that stone, Pez. So well I, mean, I, I, um, I don't want to, I mean, I, I want to sort of blitz through a couple, and if you can just give me a, a, some shorthand notes on him. Yeah. Um, start with Darius Rush. Darius Rush, projected. Projected second third, third or fourth. All oh, right, okay, he's a bit higher than yeah. I thought. Um, let me have a look. What notes have I got on Rush? Bigger guy, right? I think, I think he's uh, lengthy, right? Six two, six three. Um, I didn't, I didn't catch him at the combine, so I'd have to check. I haven't actually got any notes on my spreadsheet for his forty, but I'm just checking now. Four, four six. Uh, sorry, four point three six, forty. I'm seeing here. So he's he's a guy that I didn't look too much into. Um, 
mainly because uh, I think there's a number of others that I'll come on to later that are possibly better fits. But it really does look like he showed out with his um, his performance at the Combine. And yeah. at 6'2", 33 and a half inch arms, he probably is someone that, that, that Pete Carroll would look at, like I say, with those with those physical, those physical sort of uh, measurements. And looking at this, he's added some seriously competitive um, numbers at the Combine as well. Uh, so also I think whatever projections you're reading on websites, I dropped them down a half a round just because currently the first round corners are dropping down the board, which inevitably will cascade the other guys down half a round to a round. So if, if, if you're hearing that this is a late second, early third, this is probably more like a comfortable third, possibly early fourth, which drops him right into the sweet spot for Pete Carroll, I would say. So actually a really, really good pick there with Darius Rush. Days. Um, uh, I was going to say Corey Trice, just because I want to say <laughs> real name, no gimmicks. But having done a bit more scouting myself, I don't think he's someone that we take. No, um, it, which disappoints on... me. Uh, but just based on the, the lack of speed and fluidity, I don't think that he, he seems to be more as a strong safety Based yeah. on what I'm reading and what I've sort of seen, I think he's yeah, he's, he's a decent coverage, guy. slower guy, powerful build, three six yeah. three. Yeah, he's a guy I really like. Again, um, the the name appealed more than more than anything. Just just um, imagine that ringing out over <laughs> Lumen every single time. Yeah, the name appealed, and I, I had he is someone I profiled actually. I've got quite a lot of yeah. him on my on my um, spreadsheets, but again, like you didn't. Um, don't see him translating as a as a corner. I think he'll be a safety at the next level because of that speed. Lots of power um, though in ratings. Um, there was two more. We we, we mentioned a guy earlier, but I'm, I'm not going to go into him because I've I've read more on him. Uh, I've not even bothered looking at tape. He just reads awful. Um, Starling Thomas the fifth. Don't now, know. Projected fifth <laughs> to, to sixth. Um, now I was having a look at some of his. Uh, sort of the write-ups on him and yeah. again I'll, I'll be I will profess to not be in the best at cornerbacks it's not my bag I've always just said I want cornerbacks that people are scared to run at or throw at preferably someone who is scared to catch a ball in their vicinity that's all I look for in a cornerback um everything else it's not me um well, he was another one. Um, Mikai Garner, did you have a look at any of his stuff? Yeah, for, for LSU, yeah. Um, Garner's an interesting prospect because, he, he's again, he's bounced around projections quite heavily. I think he's he peaked in the second round, and I think now he's settling around three to four. Am I right? That's that where he's currently being projected? Uh, it depends. If you're going off Brugler's um, Beast Guide, Beast he's guide. projected at seven. Well, this, this has been out for a, a few weeks now, hasn't it? Yeah, I think I think opinions so, on him are quite varied. He's, he's an older prospect. He's also quite heavy. Um, I think he was. I think he's been as heavy as two twenty last year. But I think at the combine he weighed in somewhere around two ten, which for, for in context is heavier than Kelly Ringo, who is a seriously chunky boy. Um, but I think it translates okay. I don't think his forty was slow. I think it was like four five, four six, somewhere in between there. From watching it. Really competitive, that dude. If, if if this was someone we picked, I think it would be off the basis that he's a bit of an animal and he doesn't mind doesn't mind contact with with receivers. He puts himself about. Might attract a few flags, but um, 
Sold. a real a real competitor and a good size. Um, six two, I think. Yeah, two ten ish. Six two two twelve was what he was okay. last weighed at. I think for the the beast guide. Uh, Texas, um, not the most productive of years last year. Um, um, let's have a look. So he had a. 4.5540, a 2.6120, and a 5. Point, oh, sorry, 1.51, 10-yard split. Uh, vertical jump, 38, and broad jump, 10.8. The thing about that vertical, 38 is good, is very good. I think that's mm. well, well above average, but at 210. Mm. So it's a heavy dude, like getting getting up that high that when you're that heavy. Um, that translates well, physical yeah. quality. Yeah. I'll put this to you, Mitch. One corner that you could handpick and put in a Seahawks uniform out of this class. Is is there a clear favourite for you? Yeah, there is. There is. Um, and for anyone watching Drum on roll. YouTube, you may you may recognise or may not recognise um, my uh, my display pick today. Um, but yeah, I do I do have an absolute favourite in this draft, and it's Julius Brents. Um, th- our issue with Julius Brents is I think I think we'd either have to reach for him at fifty two. Or hope he's there at 83, unless we do a John Schneider special and uh, jiggle around the board a little bit, trade a few picks and manoeuvre it. Um, he's an outrageous player, and I've, I've, he's a guy I've, I've probably enjoyed watching the most this year. Um, I'll give you a few little, a few little bits. Right, um, six foot three, 198, not a drop of fat on him. Um, He's a little bit sloppy in press, which is a problem because I think we're going to do a lot of press coverage this year, ideally. Um, trying to when we're playing three-man front, we'll try and delay uh, wide receivers into the backfield to put more pressure on the on the QB while we're keeping them in the pocket. So if you don't play press when you're doing three-man front, um, you give up a lot of quick slants and things which relieve all the pressure. So they'll do a lot of press. So Julius Spence would have to be good there if we played him uh, as a as a as a wide quarterback. But here's why I love Julius Brents, right? Um, when you compare all of his um, all of his combine, right? There's there's a few really interesting things. Um, size six foot three, one ninety eight. Um, that was Sherman. Six foot three, one sorry, one ninety five. He was Julius Brents, six foot three, one ninety eight. Very comparable coming into the league. Okay. Um, when you look at um, other measurables, Brent's um, Brent's arms, 34 inch, amazing long arms for a corner or a safety, which I think he could do, he could do both, right? Richard Sherman's arms, much shorter than that. 40 yard dash, 4.53, Sherman's 4.6. Here's the, here's the big one. The, the broad jump of 11 feet for Brent's. That is outrageous. 100%. That is outrageous. Um, so you're looking at a real physical freak, um, but he's he's got these vibes of a, of a really productive uh, nickel or free safety. It's immense at coverage. I, I showed some footage to Josh at one point, I think, and he's got this amazing technique. And I know it's I know it's common. It's a common thing that people try to do. It's very rare people do it well and don't attract flags. And that is. He he stay because he's long limbed. He stays underneath in coverage, even if he's got the beating of his man with pace. He watches that he watches the receiver. The second the receiver 
clocks the quarterback throwing and raises his hands. He disrupts the hands while he's turning. So he'll place, he puts the hands through the receiver's hands. It is impossible for them to catch the ball because his hands there already and then turns clocks the ball and makes the interception so he before even trying to play the ball he makes it impossible for the receiver to catch just the comp to sherman with all the size things a lot of that translates but the, the testing at the combine dwarfed sherman and sherman they all said oh, he's big but he's a bit slow or he relies on other other factors to make up for his lack of speed this guy's got all of it he's got all of the he's got all of the strengths he hasn't got those weaknesses. The only weaknesses he does have, um, technique impress that I've mentioned, and doesn't move feet well on initial movement. Pez will tell you what Pete Carroll's good for, right? Kick steps. The, the first yeah. things Pete Carroll teaches are exactly his weaknesses. And if he could be taught to use that physical advantage and those long arms that he's got better impress, unbelievable uh, at corner. Huge potential as a nickel for us. Huge potential to help cover the three safety slots we're going to play a lot of this year. He can play back up to, to Kobe. He can be cover for the three, um, the three safeties, and he can cover both wide out um, corners as well. Unbelievable. I like it. I like it. He's definitely one that's starting to shoot up draft boards a bit. Um, and just out of my coming... personal... Go on, Pez, sorry. I was just going to say he's becoming very league-wide noticeable, like he's that... Yeah late emerging corner but that in a way it might be bad for Mitch but it'll be great for you James because if if there's enough buzz around him then he he'll jump over Ringo and it'll just drop Ringo down a little bit further and he might be able to get him at the start of the second potential for it I, I'd love to see both of them there's room for both of them on the oh, roster oh uh, Mitch keeps putting in the route like the potential trade of the Seahawks trading with the Eagles for their while well, they 10th and their 30th pick and doing a second round swap. So we get Jackson Smith and Jigga at 10 and then Ringo at 30. How's that sound? I'll be fine with that. I'll be fine with that. I'll be fine with that. And just out of interest for me, I know obviously the the likelihood is we're probably not going to take any of the top five guys. Um uh, the consensus top five guys anyway, but how would you rank them top fives wise? Say like Witherspoon, um, Porter Jr., Gonzalez, sort of, how would you rate those guys? Do you have them in a certain order? For me? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, I'm really big on Joey Porter Jr. I know I know um, a lot of grades and things have him third or fourth, but for me, he's second. I've got Devin okay. Witherspoon first. I've got uh, Joey Porter Jr. second. Mm. Third, third for me, Gonzalez, but it's close. I think Gonzalez has got that ball hawking playmaker vibe. I think just to jump in there because I, I listened to two separate podcasts about these cornerbacks, and Witherspoon's realistically going to be the first one because of the because of who's picking. Because yeah, because because I think it's his personality. Yeah, he, he it's a real exudes, he, he exudes confidence. But I think transitioning college to NFL, I think Christian Gonzalez is going to be the best out of three. Yeah. If they all, all start, if they all get started, all starting for the season, I think he'll be on top by the end of the season, Mark, three of them. Him or Joey Porter Jr. So Joey Porter yeah. Jr. is just, he's, he's the 
it can be a negative, but I think it might benefit him. He's good. He's good at everything. He doesn't excel at one thing, but he does everything really well. And you want think, that in a corner, though. You don't want yeah. corners with weaknesses. People well, pick up that, on that very quickly. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, whereas I could easily see John Porter Jr. as well being the most successful out of the three because he's yeah. really good at everything. He's sound at everything. Mm. That surely is more coachable when you're already really like really sound at doing everything you need to do. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've got Devonte uh, Devonte Banks at four, Kelly Ringo at five, and I've dropped four. I don't mention Forbes just because I think the size, the size and lack of weight. Um, it's going to take him a while to get up to the sort of. Don't get me wrong. I know was it six six pick sixes in a season. Yeah, yeah. Outrageous production wise, unbelievable. I just don't know. He's an unknown factor for me in in how much he'll translate those skills to the NFL because of his lack of size. He tested really well. His height's good. He did. His arms yeah. are pretty much bang on. Hands are small. Jesus Christ! I've not even looked at this guy, but he's a freak. One point. 61.9 QB rating when targeted. And like draft buzz do this for anyone who's listening, they've not seen it before, but they're doing overall rating. His overall rating is 87.8. The only thing that's knocked him down is because his tackling is 72%. Everything else they so they do tackling, run defense, coverage, zone, and man press. Okay, well I, I didn't defense. get a chance. I didn't get a chance to do my sleeper. And I just while while Pez is on draft buzz, would you do me a favour, Pez, and just check uh, Daryl Luter Jr. Um, and check Daryl Luter Jr.'s QB rating when targeted, because I, I think I think last year his his QB rating when targeted was below ten. And um, in twelve Jr.'s quarterback rating when targeted uh, was three point nine. People stopped throwing at him. And when they did, it didn't go well for them. And that games. reminds me, with the, with the projection of where he'd be drafted and his intangibles, um, and also his measurements, I honestly think he'd be an absolute steal. Um, and also, because we've got Mike Jackson and Tariq Woolen, we don't necessarily <laughs> need to draft for immediate impact. <laughs> well, for, for, for our listeners as well, that is Sorry. a soundboard. That's just James. Um, <laughs> it's like he's so, in the yeah. room. We've brought him back. Well, uh, yeah. Whilst we're talking about... Whilst we're talking about seventh rounders, undrafted guys, um, the guy who I who I think could be a proper like Pete Carroll, like you're looking seventh round, but by the sounds of it, looking no one's really buzzing about him, so you probably could just risk it and get him undrafted, and I think he probably could. Is that Rajon Wright? Have I said that? Ever said that right? Yeah. Result Rojan right. His height is six two. His arms are thirty-two and a half. He's, he didn't look like he went to the combine. I know he went to a Seattle Pro Day. He got invited by the Seahawks to a Seattle Pro Day. And on here it's registered his 40 time at 435. He, if you just and if you if you just Google him. And watch his highlights. He, if I'm right in saying he already does, because he's from uh, Oregon State, he already does the kick step, and that's one of the things what he's highlighted for being really good at. Mm-hmm. And he's worked with Richard Sherman, like wow. whilst he's been at college. So you've got again that link, like Ringo, like Tariq Woolen. But why don't we just ask Richard Sherman? 
what cornerbacks he's worked with and just pick them. I'm sure, that, we can't I'm sure there has on. been a lot of back and forth. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure Pete Carroll has done that. <laughs> yeah, better have done, because Kelly Ringo's a Seahawk then. Um, anyway, let's get to these safeties. Let's finish off on these safeties. Um, I've got I've got two that I really like. One, I, I guess they're both kind of sleepers, but one is definitely more of a sleeper than the other. Um, the one that isn't as much of a sleeper that probably more people will be aware of is Ronnie Hickman out of Ohio State. Um, currently yeah. kind of projected in the third to fourth round. Um, I think he's a little bit better than that. I think he's a, he's a second round player, in my opinion. Um, I mean, his quarterback rating when targeted last season, 34.7 on 700 snaps. Um, he's got really good size, really good arms, measurables that you like. Um, so downhill. I love how downhill he is. A proper bit of a throwback safety um, in the box. Plays the run really well. And... I think with this sort of three safety look that Seattle's going for, yeah, I know we've signed Julian Love, um, but obviously Ryan Neal's gone now. Again, as we've talked about so many times, you cannot bank on Jamal Adams. Quandria Diggs has had his injury problems in the past. Um, so safety, I think they still will look to add maybe one there um, just for depth in that position if we do proceed with this three look at the position. Um, and I think Ronnie Hickman could be a really nice Really nice pick up in the third or fourth. So yeah, Ronnie Hickman is the one that isn't as much of a sleeper for me, but it, I, I do really like him. And I think he, if he goes in the fourth, I think that's harsh on him. I think he's better than that. Um, sorry, Pez, sorry, jump just in? jump in on him because I was going to talk about him myself. So, do, do you reckon you said he's not so much of a sleeper? But I think he is because I don't hear anyone talking about him. And really, you look at like again the weaknesses. Bill, this is something that Mitch probably won't like after what we spoke about in the cornerbacks. Is is a lesson gives him the potential to be a tremendous to have tremendous range in coverage, but uh, often hesita- uh, hesitates and doesn't seem confident in what he sees. Yeah, that's one thing. And then the other one is route combinations. What's coachable? And then one what Josh is going to hate. But then it'll be great for us because Quandre Diggs is there, lowers his shoulder for a big hit rather than wrapping up securely. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> why? Why are people? Why do people we, think it's okay to go that. in like a missile? We love that though. Watch his highlights, and it's fucking hard. No, we don't. We don't love it though. We don't love it because when you get to the professional level, all it's going to take is someone to get clocked once and go. Well, the next time you launch, I'm just going to sort of stop or stutter step, and you are going straight past me. It's it's not a technique wrong. to teach. It, you can never go wrong. Time, so we can just go. Marquise Blair will attest to it. Mitch? <laughs> yeah, I. He is interest. He is interesting. I think this is one of the worst years for safeties. There's a few at the top, and then there's a few bargains at the bottom. But the the, the sort of the bit in the middle is there's so many glaring weaknesses that it just. The, the pick you'd have to spend to get them just doesn't seem worth it. If mm. if we take a safety in this draft, I want it to be right at the top or right down the bottom. I don't want to see any thirds or fourths, even fifths spent on safeties because I just don't think there's one there for us. Um, okay. And Ronnie Hickman really fits into that, into the exact mould of why. <clears throat> it, I'll give you an example of someone on our, on our team over the last few years who's probably infuriated us all, and that's Cody Barton. Oh, yes. for the exact reasons that Ronnie Hickman's flawed. And that is the comment you made, uh, Pez, I think you said something like doesn't trust his instincts. So gives up too many yards or something before acting upon 
you know that instinct of of not sort of backing yourself is the reason why Cody Barton will make eight nine ten tackles a game but we'll give up 50, 60 yards in in making them. And it will be because the hesitation or the lack of instincts or acting upon instincts. And with my safeties, I, I need them sharp. If, you're, if your safeties are doing something, it's because the play is already at an advanced state. The ball's in the air. The tight end's made a run and he's getting the ball. You need them sharp. Not missing a tackle because they've launched into it like a missile. Quandre Diggs. Um you need them to be sure at that point. And I, I want an instinctive safety. I miss Hill Thomas. I get that. But do, do you not think with our leadership base within the players, the cold, conf- the cold confidence thing isn't yeah. actually a bigger factor when you've got Bobby Wagner? Because let's face it, he's either going to fuck you off himself or you're going to get confident because he's going to be it's a, fair, it's a fair point, but it didn't help Cody Barton. Wow, wow, wow. That's I, take, I completely take the right, point. Mitch, There's a lot of really good leadership in there. If you and ever it, want to come on this podcast again, he's gone. <laughs> we do not mention his name again. He wasn't a thing. But it, it does end the discussion. No, it, it, I, I take the point. There's a lot of good personalities in there. But I think sometimes when it comes to instincts, um, some players just don't cut it. And I think if we sign someone like Ronnie Hickman, if we drafted him, I think you're looking at a guy who's going to play a lot of special teams, be a rotational piece, and potentially just fizzle out and not and not play. I don't know. Maybe two, three years into that rookie contract, he starts to trust in his instincts and suddenly becomes more like a two, a second round prospect or a, or a, an early third. Mm. But honestly, I think it's I think his projection really suits him for the weaknesses he has. I don't think he's worth a high level draft pick. I take so. Is there a safety then in this class, Mitch, that doesn't hesitate that you do really like? Yeah, there is. There's one at the top and there's one at the bottom. There's one that's too high up for us to, I think, take unless we move right to the back of the first round. Um, and that's Brian Branch. Everybody. Oh, what a boy. <laughs> yeah, Brian Branch is the premium. Like, I, I don't know if I want to see a spend a 20th pick on him because I think we could do an awful lot more with it. But there is a potential but, to trade back and get some day two stuff and still take him. And that Could a 20 is a corner? Sorry? If you could, would you take him at 20 as a corner? No. Oh, it's no. so hard. It is so hard because I could see him it playing nipple and safety and, and as a corner for us. And someone it's who's not. that versatile and that much of an X factor in everything he does. Yeah. It's just the type of player games. you need to have on the pit on the field. That's the thing. Yeah, so yeah. if you were to draft him, you'd have to squeeze him in somewhere. And personally, I, 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 I'm with Mitch. We've discussed this. I, I love this guy. I think he's brilliant because he tackles properly. He is instinctive to the football. He reads a game really, really well. And he can be an absolute game wrecker on the line as well. Um, but you've got to try and squeeze him in somewhere. Personally, I don't see him as an outside corner. I think he plays the centre of the field better. Um, so that, that would then necessitate him having to go in nickel um, or take him on the safety spots and let's face it that ain't happening he's he's only a sleeper in terms of being underrated i think um he's not a sleeper in the respect that you're going to pick him up for huge value at the end of the, the, the draft but um jamie robinson um is going to be a steal for someone anytime you can draft a guy age 22 that's already played 3,000 snaps in college 
you're you're getting a guy that's that's you know you're going to get the tape is going to tell you an awful lot because there's going to be so much of it is you're going to have him bang to rights on his weaknesses you'll know the weaknesses he has drafting him and uh, all of his strengths and his habits will be you know there for everyone to see he is a tremendous hitter i think if anyone who watched the um the senior bowl uh, will have seen a, a hit he laid out on one of the running backs. I can't remember who it was, but he literally planted him in the turf. There'll be a tree sprouting at some point, which looks a lot like a running back uh, next year, just because he planted him deep into the soil with that hit. It was crazy. Um, that's a really hard hitting running, uh, really hard hitting safety that has great coverage skills, can rush a bit as well. So there's. There's a lot of a lot there that that someone might might get some um, some value out of it as a third round pick. Am I right in saying we've we've spoken to him twice as well? Did we speak to him at the combine? We had him for a top thirty Correct. visit, and yeah. we've had him for a visit. Yeah, that's right. We have um, really versatile player, great scheme fit, real edge about him. Reminds me a lot with the way um, he approaches tackling players. Um, reminds me a lot of Jamal Adams. You see a lot of shoestring tackles. He gets to players that you would, you know, I can't remember who it was. He started, it might have been Cam Newton sneaking. Who was it? He had a shoestring tackle right in the corner, stopped them on the one yard line. And then we had a heroic stop on the one yard yeah. line and it all mm. came back and you thought Jamal Adams, do you know what? He stopped that. It was a couple of seasons back, but you see, you see Jamie Robinson making a lot of those shoestring tackles and just a bit of X factor about him that I think, Stinks of Seahawks. What we see, what we see in his name is because I see it as Jamie. Jamie. It's, it's yeah, it's we had this conversation before, so it's Jamie, but it's spelt Jammy, like Jammy. We're going to call him Jammy. It's We're going to call him. Jammy. I, think, I think everyone has okay. everyone everyone I've listened to that has discussed this man. There's been quite a lot of discussion about him over sort of different podcasts and social media. Everyone goes, we know it's Jamie, but we're calling him Jammy, just because that's how it's spelt and that's how the English language works. And now Double M. <laughs> he's another he's another player. If the Seahawks draft him, is called Jamie Dodger. We've got a new <laughs> nickname for a new player. <laughs> Do you reckon though? Because you said third round, and I know that's where his projection is. But like Josh said, then his name is starting to be mentioned more and more and more. And I've not only until the last couple, probably since we've been doing this podcast, I've properly paid attention pre-draft. I normally wait to see who we drafted. Watch all the highlights, get really excited and go, oh, he hits really hard. That's going to be fun. But one thing I have noticed in the last couple of years is it, it, the ones you need to watch out for who go a lot earlier than you think are the ones who get mentioned nearer to the draft. The names that stick and his name, because like you said, you are right. I looked at that safety list and I've not really looked at any of them. Like, uh, Demi Robinson is one I liked the look of, liked his highlights. Um, Got an JL obsession Sinner. with the twin. Uh, JL Sinner, obviously, before the injury, like the whole Cam Chancellor, you watch his highlights, he's like, but he. Cam Chancellor. I call him a poor man's Cam Chancellor because no one can, no <laughs> one would ever live up okay. to what he was. But you look at this list, and like you said, if you don't go Brian Branch, I've not heard much about Antonio Johnson. Uh, I've heard a bit about um, Jordan Bat. Did he pronounce it battle as you read it? Yeah. Or is yeah, he yeah, just a short fancy name? Yeah, I've heard people saying he's better than Antonio Johnson and Antonio Johnson's going to drop down the board. And then I've heard a bit about Brandon Joseph, but like you said, you're then creeping into that territory of Brandon Joseph, Christopher Smith, Ronnie Hickman, 
Jay Brown. Yeah. Brown. Brown. Them lot in that middling round where you don't want to waste it on them. Yeah. And it's like, what am I looking at? The only other one what I would bring up is the twin brother Sydney of Brown. King, Sydney Brown. Because he's 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 not like you kind of get him in. He's got he's got he's got his flaws, got a lot of flaws. He's projected he's projected third round, third, fourth round. He's got a lot of his game he needs to work on, but he's gonna attract attention because he's got big ass hands for his height and his arm length. That's really weird. Big fucking claws. But then he's 40. He's, he's 10 I don't think it's quite that obvious, but yeah. Like Freddy Krueger. Small hands. Huge hands on the end of two tiny arms. <laughs> like, like one of those foam fingers you haven't... You know. He tested. In, in the combine, he tested really, really well. Yeah, he did. Right. Um, in the 80% for his um, 40 and his 10-yard, but then his vertical broad and bench were all 90% plus. They're all, he tested really well. Senior ball guy. The thing you hear about him is his high energy. He, he, you might read him and go, mm, he's, he's, he's got a, a bit to work, like you've got a bit to work on, like to have him a starter, but he just sounds like a Seahawks guy. We spoke about him off there. We spoke about him on our Discord. Like from the senior ball, all you hear is he was the main guy. He was the guy who everyone um, gravitated towards. High energy, big, outspoken, brings the energy wherever he is, and it just screams feel to me. Like for where you could potentially get him at good value, maybe depending on how the draft shakes out. I think he might be a good piece to bring in sitting behind Quandre and Jamal, train him up yeah. a little bit. Like I said, special teams, like he's got the physicality, he's got the attitude to work. And like you said, what I, um, I don't I don't think I had heard before about his upbringing and where he's come from. It just screams like people. Well, for for any, any of the listeners who weren't, weren't aware of, of the upbringing for this, the, the Brown twins, um, their their family were basically homeless um uh, when they were about two years old and they'd moved they moved in i can't remember if it was a family friend or just um someone that agreed to put them up via a charity or something but they basically moved across the country set up somewhere new got a fresh start with a new family and and really had to the whole family had this kind of grit and perseverance to to start again and um, they both went to different high schools, but both ended up playing for the same college. And there's a real nice story that that shows some serious grit. And we hear year after year after out of the draft, there's always two or three guys who have got um, a story behind them that shows uh, some real sort of um, just just grit. I know I said it before, but yeah, really just grit and pers- you know that this uh, will to win and make it. And I think with these prospects that's one thing that gives you a better chance because it's only a small percentage of them that really make it and get a contract beyond their rookie year. If someone's shown throughout their life that they have a perseverance to make it, I think that makes Pete Carroll root for them a bit more and, you know, maybe be more willing to, to take the, take the plunge with the pick. I'm, I'm just going to chuck one in there. I don't know if you spoke about him already. Christopher Smith from um, Georgia. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you, you want me to talk about him or you talk about? I'll, I'll, I'll chuck some bits out there. So yeah. last season, uh, just got off his stats: sixty-one tackles, five tackles for loss, one sack, one forced fumble, eight passes defensed, three interceptions, unanimous All-American, first team All uh, SEC, uh, and he led the team in interceptions. Also got a ninety-six-yard blocked field goal touchdown. Now, everything you read and watch about him, he's quite a slight guy. He's not the tallest. He's 5'11", I think, or 5'10", maybe. Um, he's not the biggest guy. People are projecting him to go cornerback just due to his slight frame. But his nickname with the team is Soldier. He will never be someone that will blast someone in a tackle, but he is willing to make tackles. And what I've seen is technique for the what's essentially a grab and pull is usually quite good and he will get people to the ground. So he's not going to knock people back. But if he meets someone in centre field and he's still got some yards behind him to play with, he'll always make that tackle. I like him as sort of a, a, a fourth round projection for me. And I think he'd be someone that Pete Carroll will gravitate towards because of the heart he shows when he plays. And he's playing in a good Georgia defence. Put him at free safety uh, or he can go in the nickel. You let him learn from Quandre for a bit and you've got a ready-made replacement there. And he's got time to put some bulk on then as well. But Mitch, what, what would you say about Chris Smith? I, I watched loads of Georgia last year because I was watching our boy Jalen Carter and uh, who were going to draft in the fifth with the fifth pick. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, maybe we won't. I don't know. It's on. The, I think it's possibly on the cards. But I was watching a lot of Jalen Carter last year, which obviously exposed me a lot to um, Kelly Ringo and mm-hmm. and Christopher Smith. And Christopher Smith's a really interesting one because he doesn't test well really he's not that athlete that pops off um a stat sheet yeah Yeah, he doesn't however i feel like sometimes players in order to compete have to have to hone other skills and instincts and gain really healthy habits to keep up when they don't have those natural gifts and he's that kind of guy for me. I don't, I don't know if you get that opinion, um, Josh, but he, he seems a guy that really had to grind it out and and win with with a with a good brain rather than good. Yeah. Um, it's good football brain, and that, that's that's what I yeah. like to see from a, especially a free safety because that's why you look at people like Quandre, they're a ball hawk because they read the game well from from back there. That's why yeah. they'll get under balls. That's why they'll get the interceptions. That's why they they become sort of a no fly zone at points, even if it's just batted passes. If, uh, I, if I remember correctly, he had a really good quarterback rating when targeted as well. 51.5. And I'll tell you why 51.5 is extremely good. I know it's a really good Georgia defense. But with the players, they the quarterback was having to choose a soft spot to throw at. When you've got Kelly Ringo there, you're not choosing Kelly Ringo when you've got this guy in, in, in the middle of the field until things start going horribly wrong for you and then you go somewhere else and with a 51 quarterback rating they didn't get much change out of him and they will have seen him as a soft spot and he didn't give in to that so um i like it one one thing i will say just very quickly uh, on the safeties i think because there's no real standouts in the middle of the of the class i think the projections are all very unreliable the three, the, the the top three are going to be first and second round. The next ten that, could be. It yeah. is literally just what suits whose scheme, and who needs a safety, and literally, it's the guy, a guy projected at fifth, just because he's safety number nine, could actually be a second rounder. 
because he fits a scheme or someone has a need or they could all fall into the sixth round because no one wants to to take a bet on an inconsistent weaker safety class yeah i think i think it's universally sort of agreed that it's not the strongest safety class yeah and i think that goes strong and free i think it's just it's all over like i said that there are a few at the top end that you'd be quite happy to take but anything if as soon as they go off the board you kind of go i'm not I'm not overly enamoured. If we've got a spare pick and we don't really like anyone else on the board, we'll give it a shot. But I don't think anyone's going to go out and get anyone, like I said, below the the sort of top three. I think it's going to be... There's no standout, is there, really? I think there'll be quite a lot of uh, undrafted free agents from this. Well, I'm going to round off this safety slash cornerback prospect pod with just as you happen to mention it, undrafted kind of prospects. Um, there's a guy I absolutely love, and I'm going to put the spotlight on him for a couple of minutes um, because he is Here your prototypical... Well, well, you're going to laugh, but when this guy is playing well in the NFL um, in a few years, you, you, that, that'll, that'll get cropped, Pez, so you keep laughing, son. Um, it's just your typical... Why are you so hostile all the time? I'm just laughing because you normally pick a random diamond. It's from the, the North East, I, I was backing you up and you just... Oh, well, it didn't look like it. You could have been a bit more sort of, you know, tip hat <laughs> kind of thing instead of just laughing at me. Um, anyway, I'm going to put the spotlight on him because these kind of prospects never get the spotlight on them. And all too often you see them playing well and forging out good NFL careers for themselves because they just do the basics well and they're just good players and that's it. Um, it's Kayvon Merriweather out of Iowa. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love him. He is the most default character when you load up Madden and create your own character and they just give you the base <laughs> character. Do you know what I mean? And then you yeah. can adjust the sliders from there. But but Merriweather is the guy that they give you to start with. Um, he's got so average measurables, just nothing that blows you away. Um, doesn't really have any highlights on YouTube because there's nothing that grabs people's attention about him. He's not particularly quick. He's not particularly explosive. Blah, 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 blah. But he's just a really, really, really good player. Um and he's going to go and draft it, in my opinion. And I hope to God we pick him up because he'll have a career in the NFL, this guy. He will have a career, mark my words. Um, and how about this? We've been talking about QB ratings and stuff like this on this podcast. Sub, it's a big part 30, of how we... It, I think. It's sub-30. In 2022, fifth-year senior Merriweather. So I think he's about 23 at this point. Yeah, 23. Um, yeah. 99, boy like me. Um, anyway, 2022... 806 snaps at safety for Iowa, um, 42 tackles, 6 assists, 17 stops, 4 pass breakups, 3 interceptions, and a quarterback rating when targeted of 11.7. Um, he is just a really good player that is getting absolutely lost in the process because the measurables don't excite you. Nothing excites you when you look at Kayvon Merriweather. But someone is going to get a really, really good undrafted player here um, that will forge a career in the NFL and be playing in the NFL as a solid backup. Sort of, you can lean on him as a starter when you ask him to. He's never going to be a superstar. I'm not projecting it. This isn't one of these guys that I throw at you in the seventh round who's going to be a Hall of Famer like John Rattigan and all these kind of guys. 
Um, he's not going to be anything like that. I'm not claiming that he's going to be anything like that. What Kayvon Merriweather is going to be is a good NFL player, a roster guy every year. Um, and those kind of that kind of value as an undrafted free agent, we've seen that kind of value in a Puna Ford, in a Brian Monet. Kayvon Merriweather is going to be another kind of those, one of the guys. And I just think he's that he was he was also I think he was the captain on the Iowa defense that has Jack Campbell, that has Riley Moss. Kayvon Merriweather was the captain. He was the leader of that defense. And just just put him down in your and it wasn't just last year, to be fair, with his quarterback rate. In twenty twenty one, sixty point two quarterback rate targeted. Twenty twenty point three. Yeah. He is uh, other than his very first season as a sophomore in twenty nineteen, oh but his second and uh, his first and second season as a freshman and sophomore in twenty. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh. 116, 158. No, check this out, though. To just back you up here, James. In his freshman year, he only had 15 snaps. That's true. Two games, 15 snaps, 116.7. Mm-hmm. In his sophomore year, he played one game, had 51 snaps, and 158.3. So clearly must have played a stinker and they just fucking benched him. But then, as a junior, a senior, and a fifth-year senior, he played seven games, 365 snaps, 14 games, 672 snaps, 12 games, 806, and his passer rating has just stayed consistent. The more he got played, so whatever happened after his sophomore year, he has literally just took a interesting... He's got an ascending, oh, yeah. uh, an ascending sort of trend about him. I, I really like him as an undrafted free agent. I think he could be a good special teamer and a contributor and back up to um, the safety corps that we've got. I think, I think he'd be an absolute steal. You know, mm-hmm. as an undrafted just, guy, 100%. just put his name down, just put his name down and see what he does in the NFL. Just keep him yeah. on your tracker. That's all I ask because I think he's going to have a good NFL career as an undrafted. And then, and then Rajon White, Rajon Wright no, coming right. in to get a Rajon Wright, <laughs> yeah. I had a bit of a stutter, right? Oh, here we I go. Here couple, the fucking excuses again. I had a couple of fucking episodes, right, where I got a few names mixed up. But you two rolling your eyes. <laughs> a couple of episodes. <laughs> yeah, and you two, yeah. listen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through, shit. and I'm, right. I'm going to go through all of our video pods, all of the YouTube videos now, and I'm just doing Listen. a mashup of the ones Listen. that you've got horrendously you and tremendously wrong in the corner. Fucking talk about supporting podcasts, the free yeah. fucking devilish duo. I even got that wrong. And <laughs> you two, just roll your fucking eyes at me, right? Just roll the best thing is you can't me. even see Mitch. Mitch is there with his head in his hands, like, what am I on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Mitch is Julius Brenton. He's just got, like, an awkward smile on his face. That's probably what Mitch is doing right now. I'm not coming on with these fucking idiots again. This guy can't even fucking breathe. <laughs> I've got, got told to come on to give some expertise and draft things, and this guy can't fucking spell. Idiot. <laughs> Right, that's it. Let's not sign off. I mean, there's corners in this class like Eli Ricks, the dead easy names. Who does Pence throw out there? Rajon Wright, and all these names that just cause his tongue to tangle. He never never picks the easy route, do you, Pence? But bless you, you do give it a try. Um, Well, bless you.
before we wrap up, because I know James is itching to wrap up, I just want to say that uh, now we've reached the end of our pre-draft series. I feel like my role here, it becomes like um, Michael Bublé in January. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I now but retreat into, into a cave. cave and you you will me out. You will me out just before April next year. <laughs> oh, we'll get you on after the draft. We've still got to look at how our big board shaped out. True. Um, but we, yeah. with, with that as well, just very quickly on our, our socials, we did do a mock that may be coming out on YouTube if uh, Jimbo has the time to do so. I will be sharing the, the mock draft that we did on our Instagram. I'll do something on TikTok as well. So keep your eyes and uh, eyes peeled for that. Set up some alerts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We've got a Facebook group as well, soon to become a Facebook page. Um, obviously, make sure you subscribe to all of our channels as well. Don't worry, Jim, I'm doing this for you, mate. Good uh, <laughs> We're available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google. Uh, have I missed any? Any no. other podcasting app that you use, give us a follow. Set up some alerts, subscribe, and then feel free, join our Discord. Pez, it's our pinned tweet, isn't it, on Twitter? You what, what? It's our pinned tweet, isn't it? On our yeah. We Talk Seahawks Twitter. He knows um, yeah. he doesn't know what that is, but yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> right, Josh did a really good segment then, and you're meant to control this shit, you fucking knobhead. I just want to hear Mitch. Right, you can cut this out. I'm going to swear that much you're going to have to cut this out, you piece of shit. Silly <laughs> fucking... Just tried to do now a beautiful sign off to our pre draft series. <laughs> it's ended with Josh shouting out our social medias and you calling me a see you next Tuesday. All Mitch was trying to do is tell you how much he's enjoyed just, speaking with me swap, over the past few and, weeks. Swap mine and Mitch's bit over, and that's it done. There you go. Now start recording again. Oh, Josh, so, some Josh, of us have got busy. stuff to do. Josh, Josh, he's far too busy for that, mate. He's got to go to bed at 12 o'clock and get up. Live in the studio. Now the joke's come back hang, to me. Hang, hang on, hang on. Wait, it's, it's 20 past nine. He's got to go and queue up for the shower in a minute, otherwise he gets told off. Let's not forget oh. that. Uh, yeah. No, I tell you what, you do make a very good point. I don't know how this has come back to me. get in the garden to the well. That's what they do up in. <laughs> how the joke is on me here. He's, he's going to go bathe in that stream at the back of his, uh, his Tory house. <laughs> private fresh fresh spring water Tory spring water right he's got a well outside just jump in the well he's all fresh he can drink it whilst bathing in it <laughs> oh I tell you what oh I tell you what you two get a cough in there as well I don't know how you dare right Mitch <laughs> tell me how much you've enjoyed speaking with me the past few weeks and then we'll wrap it <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I just I just compared myself to Michael Bublé in January, um, and and, and yeah. how much I've enjoyed Stunning. being on on the on the pod. I expect I expect you to drag me out of my cave, uh, you know, March March next year, uh, for a few more if I'm welcome back. But um, no, it's it's been brilliant, boys. I've I've really enjoyed the series, and um, I really appreciate you having me on. And hopefully, um, this doesn't become, you know, a rarity. But. Uh, yeah, thank you Certainly very much. Not, mate. Blast. You've been well, absolutely excellent. We're definitely going to get you on after the draft as well to dissect our picks, whoever we take, and have a look back at our big board. Um, so there's plenty of stuff for you to be doing on this podcast. So um, don't uh, don't you delete you. James anytime. Yes, man. And I'll get a camera. Yeah, oh yeah, please, please do. People need to see you. I don't think we've actually seen your face properly. <laughs>
I do hope you've thoroughly enjoyed all of our draft series, our pre-draft series. I hope for whatever reason you've gained some form of insight into the draft, whether, like you say, whether it's through a breakdown of a player or as Pez has butchered a name for you. Um, whichever way you've gained knowledge through this pre-draft series, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and like you say, whoever is donning the Seahawks colours this weekend will be back to talk about them next week. Um, like I say, with Mitch involved as well and breaking down all of our picks Um so that should be really fun as well. I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll we'll nail this year's draft as much as we did last year's and we'll have plenty of good players to talk about joining the Seattle Seahawks. But for now and until then, um, I wish you all a very merry draftmas. Um, I hope you all enjoy the draft wherever you are, however you're celebrating it. That's good there. Why you like, Merry Draftmas is genius. That'll be on a that'll be on a fucking card somewhere in the card factory that anyway. I'll I'll, um, I'll bang it on one of our We Talk Seahawks t shirts. There you are, Mary Jack. Tell you what, I'm fucking VP of social media. Fucking sacking. You're you definitely know. not. Especially after telling me I've been. You've got to do social media to be the VP of social media, James. You haven't got the time being the busy student you are. Yeah, well played. Oh, one nil. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's two nil now. One nil to you. One nil to him. It's fucking. Not comp- you're playing on the same team, are you? Um, anyway. Next episode is just James and Mitch because we've been sacked. Yeah, Adios. So look out for that one. <laughs> I'm sure the viewership will go through the roof. Um, but for now, stay tuned. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.